listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 161. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with the president of Mars Coaching, Brian Wood, to talk about his approach that supports greatness, impact, community, and humanity. Brian shares how he coaches athletes to transition out of sports more effectively and how to play a bigger game with their overall life. Brian prides himself in coaching leaders to prioritize their greatness. Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. Hey, Brian, how are you? Doing great, Grant. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm excellent. Feeling really good. Uh, You know, just, you know, talking to you a little bit about the World Series last night. That was fun watching uh, that whole series and, now I'm uh, getting ready to kind of just get immersed into football. So, um, man, I'm feeling really good. I have to tell you, I was hoping for a game seven just because I like drama in sports. That That's the only reason. Not a huge baseball fan, but I was hoping for a game seven. I hear you. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what we're going to get into today. Um, yeah. You know, three things that I love talking about. I know not only you love talking about, but teaching it. And that's yeah. leadership identity and transition. So um, I'm really excited to talk about those things and learn about how you actually, uh, how you think about those three things and how you teach people with those yeah. three things. But before we get into the interview and get into my favorite question about mental toughness, share with my listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do for people. Sure. Thank you, Grant. So I, uh, my name is Brian Wood. I'm the, the president of Mars Coaching. And, and Mars Coaching supports leaders in the nonprofit sector, leaders in the for-profit sector, but we specialize in supporting athletes, former athletes, uh, current athletes that are focused on what do I do next or what do I want my brand to look like or how can I drive the most positive change out in the world strategically. So sometimes these athletes will have they'll be surrounded by people that, that may have uh, a certain agenda. We don't have an agenda other than to support greatness and uh, impact and community and humanity. And 
some of these athletes, they're amazing. They get to use their stage to drive that change. They're not any more important than you or I, Grant, but man, they have such a stage and they do some amazing things. So, uh, so I'm grateful to be uh, supporting the people that want to be great. That's beautiful, man. I love it. And I'm going to, I love talking about, I mean, obviously these three things are going to be talking about today. I love talking about all of them, but there's something about transition just because I think I don't care who you are and what you are. If you're going to be doing something that you love, there's going to be a, there's going to be a time where you're going to move on from it yeah. uh, for the most part, especially in athletics. Um, and even if you're in the workplace and it's time for you to retire, like what are you transitioning into? And there's, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with um, mentally. And, um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So I'm excited, but yeah. let's, let's get into one of the things that I love talking about the most, um, not the most, but things I like talking about uh, a lot, which is mental toughness. So, you know, setting the tone of the show, like what, do you, what do you think from your perspective, what does mental toughness mean to you? Oh, wow. Such a good question. I, you know, I would say, um, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but stepping out of your, we have this tape that plays in our head constantly. So to me, mental toughness, if you're going through something or uh, if you're not going through something, it's the ability to step out of your body and tell yourself a different story to change your reality. That, that, that is a powerful reality, understanding that I can change the narrative. This is what's playing in my head. I have the power and the control to change the narrative. So when things are tough, all I have to do is change the narrative, change what's playing in my head to help me understand and realize that there is typically an opportunity and a benefit in almost every circumstance. And, and the toughness is being able to find that greatness. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting is like when you think about mental toughness um, and trust me, I've, I've heard so many different uh, definitions and perspectives on it, which I love asking that question. Cause we all know what mental toughness is, but we all have a different internal representation of it. Right. Yeah. But you talk about opportunity. It's, it is an opportunity. You get to be mentally tough yeah. and you get to get back into control and, and empower yourself. Um, I love that. And it's it, the, the thing is you're, you're dead on grant. It's a choice. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like anything else. I, I want to be better. Okay, great. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be <laughs> world-class or I'm going to master this skill overnight. But if I can get a little more tough mentally every day, the, the, the end game there is exceptional over time. I'm going to get so much better. That's going to give me the ability to perform better and positively impact other people. So I, I agree. It's a choice and it's something that we can learn, learn and always improve on. Yeah. You know, and, and not to put you in the spot, you know, you, you bring up a great point of doing certain things each day, just to get a little bit more mentally tough, more developed in that area. Yeah. Um, what would be some things that maybe you do or that just come to mind that you think people can do just a, a little bit each day, just to, yeah. to allow themselves to be a little more mentally tough. Great, great question. I, I think there we're we're in the information age, and we have so back to choice. We have so many choices from podcasts to any other habits out there. I think that uh, one good habit is examining all of our habits. If the end game is mental toughness, what's going to get me a little bit closer? If I listen to five 
intense podcasts a week, is that going to get me a little bit closer? Probably. If I watch Netflix for six hours a day, is that going to get me closer? No, it's not. So then you go down that path of saying, all right, if I read this, if I listen to that, what are the most mentally tough, the, the greatest mentally tough people do? What are their habits? And can I incorporate some of that into, uh, into my repertoire every single day? constantly adding stuff that's going to get me a little bit closer. And the first things that come to mind are, um, for me, I think mindfulness is a big one. I think listening to the right stuff, whether it's music, whether it's podcasts, and deleting the stuff that does not serve us, that's a good start. Awesome. You know, there's a great book called The Slight Edge. Mm. And The Slight Edge is all about um, doing, doing little things every single day consistently for a long time to change the habit, uh, change your habits, but also to reach the goals that you want. So, and there's a lot of two easies and it's, it's either really easy to do and it's easy not to do. Mm. And, and so considering like, like you said, we have access to anything we want right now because of the internet. And when you think about the five ways to do this and the seven ways to do that, they, they actually, all those ways they work. Yeah. But you ha- you actually have to do them. Yeah. And that's 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 where people, if they want to be mentally tough, they want to change that habit, they just have to do a little bit each day consistently yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. And I and I think it's you're describing micro quits and micro wins. <laughs> a micro quit would be I'm gonna hit the snooze button. <laughs> Right? I like it. Uh, I'm not going to make my bed. The, you, there's been studies like that. Those micro wins that that I, I think that falls in really nicely to your world with mental toughness. Is right, mentally tough? No, I am refusing to hit the snooze button. I am going to make my bed. I'm going to give myself some momentum. I'm going to do X amount of push-ups. I'm going to drink X amount of ounces of of water, and I've got a routine that promotes mental toughness. That's getting me a little bit closer to that end game which yeah. there is no end game, right? right because we're right. constantly looking towards totally. improvement always. <laughs> always. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. So when you reflect on your career, can you share a specific time where you had to be mentally tough? You know, it's interesting. I came from, um, from the corporate world. I spent a lot of time in corporate and and I don't know if there was one specific moment. I just remember coming to terms with the fact that this is not what I want to do. I want to, I want to drive positive change. I want to live bold. I don't want to have any regrets and I'm just playing it too safe. And it took me a long time to come to that conclusion. And um, I think that if I had to do it all over again, I would have come to that conclusion sooner. So for me, the mental toughness was, asking myself the question, is this, if you just do a, a, a crash and burn and you, you just are unsuccessful at coaching and leading and helping teams and athletes, what's the worst thing about that? And, and, right. I, and you know what, that, I couldn't come up with it. You know what, I can live with that. But, but you know, Grant, I couldn't live when I asked myself some of these questions, I couldn't live with playing it safe and having good intentions to do the right things as a model for my kids, but being hypocritical. Wait a minute, dad's saying we can do everything and anything and live bold and live big. And what is he doing? I know he's not happy doing what he's doing. So that, that it was like the culmination. I don't know of a specific time, 
But that was the end game for me where it's like, yeah, I, I've got to do something different. I'm, we're all designed for greatness. Oh, yeah. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Are you going to really accept that, that you, we are designed to be great? Or are you just going to be mediocre? Or are you going to just be average and just regret that you never had the, the guts? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I share, I just, it's identical what you're saying, because I spent a long, long time playing a safe, narrow game with everything in my life. Yeah. Um, and there was reasons why, but um, if, if I were to go back and do something different, I would have came to this conclusion a lot sooner in my life mm. to, to, to make this shift of what I'm doing now, but then also committing to actually playing a bigger game. And yeah. uh, so you know, being 46 and being on this earth for 46 years, I, I feel like I've been only playing a big game for all about six years. But you're playing it and I'm that's big time it. and that needs to be celebrated and recognized. I, I, I You are talking my language, Grant. Um, we just have to take a minute to say, you know what? You could be 86 and wow, I should have done something when I was 46. It's now, right? We can't do anything about the past, but right here and right now. And it's funny, our brains they are often designed to create safety as opposed to excellence. Yeah. So that ends up being, as you know, in your world, your brain is saying, no, no, don't do it. Your brain is saying, yeah, go ahead and hit the snooze. You worked out two weeks ago. And no, you've got to push through that and, and keep playing bigger. And there's even bigger stuff out there for you. I know you're playing big, which is awesome. Big fan. Uh, and there's even something out there bigger for you and for me. And we have to continue to, to just remind ourselves of that. Yeah. Big time for sure. For sure. So let's talk about leadership. Uh, I know that obviously in, in the workplace, in the corporate world, did a lot of leadership. Um, I know you're coaching a lot of it, teaching a lot of it. When you think about the times that we're living right now, all the different dynamics that just whether, whether if it is in the workplace, whether if it's in sports, people that are leading, do you feel that leaders have to do things differently now because of the pandemic mm. or do they, they still, they still follow their, their, their core values as a leader and follow that, or do they do things different just because of the pandemic? I think they, they always look at ways to improve, to get better. And they also, uh, and I'm not trying to contradict, it's still about being bold and being courageous. It's also just got to align with, their values. And I think what happens is with the best leaders is they're focused on a handful of things. These are the things that are most important to me. So I'm going to live in that space and in that lane while exploring everything else. Uh, It's kind of like that saying, if you've got a hundred priorities, you've got none. So if you can just slow down the game because I, I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to manage all these different things. If I slow down the game though, and I focus on certain things, whether it's, it's faith or integrity or, or work ethic, whatever it is, and stay in that lane, that enables me to be an authentic leader and a genuine leader, which enables me to drive better results. Because right. if I'm trying to be uh, the leader that I think I should be, as opposed to showing up in my own space, um, people can tell pretty quick if you're legit, you're genuine, you're sincere, or you're just you're just saying what you think I might want to hear. Right, right. And with the pandemic, um, 
what are you seeing looking at leaders right now? Like, what are you seeing? What are you feeling from leaders right now? Is it, are, are you seeing a lot of leaders taking this, this opportunity to look at it as an opportunity or are you seeing a fair amount of leaders getting emotionally paralyzed and full of fear? Like, what are you seeing? Great, great question. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely both. And some of the things that are so important to me as it relates to leaders and leaderships is identifying thoughts that serve us and those that work against us. And the, the ones that work against us are one, the victim mentality, woe is me. And who wouldn't feel like a victim now with everything going on, right? Right. It's okay to, to visit that space. You just can't stay there. Or the, the mentality of it's everyone else's fault and it's not mine. Again, this pandemic is not my fault. You have every right to feel like, you know, that, that kind of anger and that kind of fear. But I would absolutely say the very best of the best realize that this is a huge opportunity. Someone is going to come out of this, some people, some organizations, and they are going to thrive, Grant. You know that. Oh, yeah. You're thriving. This is, a, this is a huge opportunity. And a lot of people, what they miss is the opportunity to serve others. Right. There are a lot of people out here hurting. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going to lead by serving others. I'm not even worried about what's going to be coming back my way. I'm just going to do this because it's the right thing to do. So instead of being paralyzed by fear and pointing blame and all those things, if I start with and I think we've got both of these kind of leaders out there, if I start with who needs the most help, how can I serve that person? that organization, that team, great. Selfishly, I feel better about myself when right. I lead with that. Totally. I know it'll come back, but, but I think that we're not seeing enough of that. There's always something that we can blame and point to as opposed to saying, what's the one thing that I can control? Me and my thoughts and my ability to contribute. Am I going to contribute more than I can consume? And, and that's the trick. We want to con contribute, which makes communities, society, humanity better. Totally. You know, it's um, my wife shared this with me and I can't remember who the woman was, but she learned something from from uh, this keynote. And she talks about the, the three types of businesses, meaning there's God's business other people's business and there's your business mm. and God's business wow. is more, more or less the pandemic, global warming, hurricanes. Can you control that? No. Mm -hmm. Can you control other people's thoughts and emotions, actions, body language, social media? I mean, what can you control any of that? No. Yeah. What yeah. can you control your business? And then start identifying what that business is, your thoughts, yeah. your emotions, your actions, your words, energy. Yeah. Then that's, that's where you, that's where you play. Yeah. That's a, and that's a real thing to control what you can control, which includes even with social media, I can't control what's, what's in that abyss, but I can control how much I consume, can consume of it, or yeah. I do consume of it. Mm -hmm. I can control the positive or negative people I let in my space, the amount of, 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 of news, whichever side of the aisle you're on, the amount of news I consume that might be making me worse. So it is, there are a lot of things that are can control that are controllable. And, and a lot of the things that we control will lead us to the right thoughts and the right leadership and the right outcome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I, you know, with the whole statement of control, the controllables, which I, I love, 
But sometimes what I've seen when I'm coaching athletes and, and even executives as well, it's kind of like when you say control the controllables, it's like when someone says, Hey, just focus, just focus. Yeah. Okay. Focus yeah. on what? Yeah. Focus yeah. on my opponent, my technique, my breath, my body. What, what do you want me to focus on? Same thing with like control the controllables. Okay. I get, I got to get in control, but there's a lot of things that I can control. What do I control? Okay. I, I, you know, I think one of the tricks is to say, what's the highest ROI? The highest return on investment is this. If I could only do one thing today that's going to give me the, the greatest benefit, what would that be? And that might change depending on the person. For you, it might be if I get up and I say my prayers and I do some journaling and I work out, maybe that's the most important thing. Whatever your thing is, whatever's going to drive um, you closer to your vision, you could only do one thing. That's another opportunity to slow the game down. Again, it's not 100 priorities. I'm not going to do 100 things. What's my number one draft pick? If I can only do one thing, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it in a disciplined manner. I'm doing that every single day. Yeah. And now it ends up being over the long term, man, I'm getting a little bit better every single day. Oof, that's a, that's a great habit to have, whatever that is for, for you or me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I love that you brought up ROI just because – Within the the approach that I have, I actually have a, an approach called ROI, but it's return on intention. Ooh. So what is your ROI when it comes to intention? Because the more that you're being intentional every single day, then you, you're going to get shit done. But also, yeah. you're yeah. going to create a mindset, whatever that intention is, and you follow through on that, mm. then, and obviously, you're going to get more in control. You're going to yeah. have more purpose, more direction, right? Love that. And that's more, that's aligned with, um, with, with vision. Yeah. Right? You're, you're putting totally. the vision out there. It's, it's deliberate practice at, at its finest, right? I'm not just, what, what are you doing? Oh, I just went to the gym. No, no, I'm doing this specific workout, right. for this specific outcome. So when I get tired and, 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 and that's a whole other topic. But when I get tired, I can overcome that because I know my outcome, my desired outcome, and my vision is that. That's going to motivate me to keep moving towards that vision. But if I don't have anything that I'm really working towards, there's no intention, there's nothing deliberate, then I'm just, then I'm just there. I'm going through the motions. Got it. Totally. Absolutely. So let's, let's segue into, into transition and also identity because I think Obviously, they, there's dynamics that coexist within that that um, that transaction, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But I know you've had a lot of experience working with athletes, and also I call them corporate athletes with transition. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about it because I think a lot of times where people are transitioning out of sport, transitioning from uh, the workplace into retirement, or they're transitioning to one industry to a different industry, yeah. right? There's a lot of yeah. things that can come up and identity does come up. And, and what I, I, what I've seen a lot is people are so connected to their role that they don't realize that just what you do is not who you are. And yeah. they kind of separate, uh, truly they don't know who they are because they're so wrapped up into that identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great point. And uh, it, it becomes a, uh, sometimes we get into trouble when we say that's good or that's bad, yeah, right? right? Because now from an athletic, as an athlete, I'm good 
if I'm performing and scoring X amount of points, gaining X amount of yards, whatever the case may be. So when I do that, I'm good. I'm bad when I'm not performing. Well, now that I'm not playing the game anymore, or I got hurt, or I got traded, or whatever it is, by default, I must be bad. And that's that. That's not it at all. Right. And and it's fascinating because the things that made you exceptional on the field, the the court, the ice, they're transferable. Right. This is something you can absolutely use and transition into anything else is right in front of your face, you might not be able to see it. On the court, you were an amazing decision maker. Your work ethic was phenomenal. You were motivating your teammates, all those things. Is there an application for you to use that in business and life? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But sometimes you just just don't see it. So a lot of it ends up being, for me, with um, transition, it's having a plan and realizing that thinking like you're immortal may have helped you uh, while you're competing, but realizing that father time is undefeated is also (laughs) something that should be in your head because that helps you understand that uh, maybe I ought to put a plan together, right? And maybe that plan, I'm not going to open that plan up and actually use it for another 15 years, but I've got a plan in place. That helps with the transition as opposed to, oh, I tore my ACL. I can't play anymore. I, I ought to make a plan. Now it's kind of after the fact. It's too emotional. Right. Yeah. Because we're, we're emotional beings. And, you know, and I can, and again, my listeners have heard this story thousands and thousands of times on my show, which I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, when I, when I left the game of football after almost 13 years, I didn't make that choice. Like yeah. my body did. And it frustrated me and pissed me off. And then I spent almost two decades in a very funky, negative, at times depressed. And I lost my identity as well um, because I didn't do the work. I wasn't willing to do the emotional work. And so from your perspective, when people are transitioning, again, either out of sport, out of the workplace, um, how important is it for people to, to work on the emotional uh, warfare scars. Cause a lot of people are scared to do it. They, they feel like they're weak. Yeah, no question. And, um, I, I appreciate that thought because that's antithetical to how you performed at such a high level while competing, right? I'm not weak. I'm strong. I'm invincible. And now you're asking me to do something that just does not make sense. I can't process stuff like that. But we have to. We have to. We have to use a couple. Uh, a couple approaches. One is understand that I'm not suggesting that we just show up with blind positivity. Positive right. thinking is a is a good thing. I, I think it's more valuable for uh, for leaders, former athletes, current athletes to take an approach that's positive psychology. More of this is not cool. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm pissed. <sighs> okay. Acknowledge. Now what? Now right. what? Right. To be, to be vulnerable, say, man, I'm going through a dark place. And, and if, if I do that early in the game and I'm honest with myself, that puts me in a better position to be able to bounce back sooner. Right. I can be honest with myself and not say I'm perfect. I'm strong. I'm invincible. No, this is really bad. I really don't like this. 
but what's my next best move? And, and I think that's, that's a big part of the process because it's really, it's difficult because people without um, malice, they're promoting these good, bad things, right? They're right. telling you, you're an awesome player. You're doing great, which you might be hearing as I'm good. I'm great as a person. Same thing. When the game goes away, now exactly. it becomes that same person is subconsciously telling you you're not good and you're not valuable. And that's just not true. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's funny when you talk about the, you know, the good, like the good and the bad. And when I work with athletes and this, this does help them when they transition out, but we're so, we're so fixated on results and stats. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how coaches and scouts and, you know, sports writers, how they evaluate you, but you have no control of that. Right. You have no control of the results. So I always ask my, like my athletes, if you're willing to look at this differently and yeah. actually make it easier for you and also simplify the, the whole emotional roller coaster between good and bad with your yeah. performance yeah. or the value of who you are. Because I remember when I played football, if I played in high school, at least if I had a bad game, I felt like people weren't going to like me anymore. I guess a right. person. Right. And that's a, that's a shitty right. place to be. Oh, cause I didn't know who time. I was. Right. I was learning who I was through the process, but I always asked them, I said, don't evaluate yourself and, um, off stats, evaluate how present did I play? Yeah. How was my attitude, my effort, my energy, yeah. those yeah. things, even if you were Oh, for four that night, yeah. you threw a couple picks, yeah. whatever it was. But if you can evaluate on how present you were, your attitude, yeah. your effort and your energy, that's the stuff we got to, because then when you transition out of sport, you got to take that stuff with you, Yeah, you know, being present in attitude, yeah. effort, and energy. And, and that's, it, it's amazing. You're, you're dead on Grant. That's, you can bring that every single day, right? There's no excuse to not bring that energy, that attitude, that effort. You it's not the ref. It's not the weather. It's not the rims are tight. No, you can bring that every single time. And then that helps you understand that, oh, my greatness is not predicated on that stat sheet. That stat sheet may look ugly, but I showed up and I brought everything and I, and I got the W. And over the long haul, you will absolutely get the W. When totally. you bring that totally. attitude, that mindset, that effort every single day over the long term, you're unstoppable. Totally. And you know what? Um, before we get into more of a reflection type question here, but when Dwayne Wade was, um, you know, he had his last year, uh, you know, leaving the NBA and he was retiring. I remember when, as he was going through his last season, one of the uh, reporters asked him like, Hey, what are you going to do? You know, life after basketball, what's the first thing you're going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go to my therapist. And they were, and I remember the reporters like, what, what, what? Yeah. yeah, man. Like I've been doing this my whole life. I don't even know what to do. I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. I need to process right. all of this. And I was right. like, Holy smokes, man. Yeah. Talk about reading the defense. Big time. And that, that vulnerability, what a beautiful thing, right? Because yeah. most people don't, for that, the same reasons that we've talked about. No, no, I'm completely fine because that's how we're programmed to, to respond. But uh, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. So talk about being empowered and powerfulness. Mm -hmm. when, you re when you actually reflect on your whole career, like what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Wow. I have learned um, several things. The one 
that stands out is playing it safe doesn't work in the long run. You, you have great intentions, but I don't know if you want to do spectacular things and really drive change if that's the place for, for you to be. Combine that thought with the idea that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, total crash and burn, but that, that is connected to something you're passionate about, what you were made to do, what you were designed to do, that's okay. Because okay. you're going to get right back up, right? It's, it's temporary. Everything is temporary. So those are the things that um, sometimes I, I guess the thought, the reflection is safety can be overrated and, um, and betting on yourself is, is, uh, is underrated because there's some real value and real power there and connect with the right people and you're, you're, um, and good things happen. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it brings me back to a, a quick story with my mentor years ago when I was thinking about leaving my day job, corporate job to do this. Um, it was all about fear. So when we talk about, um, for the most part, this is a general statement. When we talk about like playing it safe, yeah, because we're a little bit fearful. Like we want to want things to be comfortable. We don't want to stretch because there could be what if some fear, like there might be some fear there. Um, and it just, anytime that I feel like that fear is coming up for me, the question that I got from my, my mentor years ago was, are you in danger? Mm. Like, are you seriously in danger? And yeah. I'm like, well, no. And he goes, then lean in, lean into yeah. it, man. Oh, I love that. You I know, love it. Right. just like, that's like, if you want to be safe, okay, cool. You're not going to go where you want to go. Yeah. But, but if you're not in danger, man, lean into it and do it, man. Like just do it. Think lean about that. You know, think yeah. about that. Right. It, it's kind of like asking what's the worst thing that can happen. Oh, if I raise my hand and I stutter and I forget what I'm going to say. And uh, if I do this, that's it. Just, just to your, to, to your point. <laughs> Lean in, right? Okay, that's the worst thing. I can live with that. Yeah, okay. That I made a mistake. It's not the first one, and it won't be the the last one. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to say this, um, if I can, Grant, and this is something that's leadership and transition and all the above and vision. Um, and in your book, I love your book, by the way. Thank you. Next one up, mindset: How to prepare for the unknown. I love everything about that. The thing that really jumped out to me was the importance of imagination. And when mm. Coach K checked in with Shane Battier, yeah, ah, I thought that was amazing stuff, right? Because if we have imagination and we 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 have this vision and we we have so many limiting beliefs, if we're not careful, but if we just put that out there, Coach K is challenging him. Uh, imagine yourself being a champion. Imagine yourself being the best player in college basketball, having uh, scoring thirty in a game. Hangs up on him. I thought that's some powerful stuff, but I think we, as kids, we have more imagination and creativity and we often lose that as we grow older. So that's one secret weapon. I think that we've got to really lean into yeah. and, and just do more bigger thinking, imagination, creativity, because if you don't create your life, your life creates you. Exactly. You know, and it's, I love it that you brought up that part of the book because I know this as a, as an athlete, when I was growing up and, and I, and I, and I get this train of thought because you want, you don't want athletes to have this intrinsic motivation of, um, I want to be the most valuable player. I want to be all American first team. I want to be the Heisman winning trophy, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want them like, there's other things you should be focusing on, like the process 
to get to that point. But right, some people, right. it, it, it could be a fearful, scary thing for a coach to hear somebody say, you know what? I want to be the number one person this year in my league, but why not? Like, why not? Cause if you're not, someone else is, you know, but we have to, we have to stay connected to that process, but you know what? Be your own filmmaker and visualize out. What does it yeah. look like? What does it feel yeah. like? Yeah. And why not? Like, right. Why not? Why not? Com- more, more comfortable with greatness and bigger thinking as opposed to just staying on the sidelines. I agree. Throw it out there, way out there. And now you still have to put in the work and you have <laughs> yeah. to align the habits with that end game. And, and once again, you can put up all these habits on your list every day. And if you execute, you bring that effort and, and you bring that energy, then you're going to get a lot closer to that end game. Then if you say, well, you know, my goal is just to be a third string quarterback. Okay. Well, congratulations. You made your goal. So I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Throw a way out there, aim high. And the worst thing that happens is you don't make that goal, but you got a lot closer than if you settle for mediocrity. Totally. Exactly. I love it. Yep. I love it. Brian, man, I could, I could talk to you for, for hours on this. Same here. How can my, here. how can my listeners follow you, social media, learn more about what you're doing and all your coaching? So for me, the best way I'm still trying to get my kids to help me out with Instagram and some of this other stuff. The best way is uh, uh, manfrommarscoaching.com. Uh, my number <laughs> is on there. You can email me. Uh, I do better with text messages. And, uh, and, and with my kids' help, I will be better with social media. But I think the website is the best play. And you could always reach out via text or um, phone call 602-733-4864. And uh, I really appreciate your time, Grant. All right. Brian, thank you so much for your thoughts and your energy. Um, I really appreciate it. I know my listeners will. Um, and thank you again for everything. Keep making plays, my friend. Appreciate you, Grant. Take care. I will. Take care.